And here we go. That's right. You're back in Red's line. And you may have had no choice. You're just addicted to credibility. Well, how do you like Noah Syndergaard? Guy pitches a complete game, shutout, strikes out 10, hits a home run to win one to nothing. I mean, you can't make it up how bad this Reds team is. And the only way I can compare it is that 11 for 11 that Christian Yelich put on the Reds last year to win the batting title and sink Scooter Jeanette's batting title hopes. So only the Reds could could this happen to. And I really believe it's the baseball gods trying to tell Bob Castellini, hey, man, talk to the other uh, owners, uh, the other owners. You got to get your son out of there. And you got to hire some baseball people that are not Walt Jockety. And uh, <laughs> it's just a long story short. I mean, the futility of this team is is immeasurable. And I'm, I guess I'm going pretty negative. But like I said, when Christian Yelich has two five for five, basically two five hit games in a six for six. Against the Reds at the down the uh, down the stretch last year to win the basically the, to put him over the top for the batting title to sink Jeanette, that's the baseball gods saying, "Hey, uh, Mister Castellini, uh, Cincinnati, you have a problem." And this game right here is basically saying the same thing. I mean, what are the odds of Noah Syndergaard with his uh, six and a quarter ERA? And he lowered it down to like 5 point something, 5.0 something. I'm not looking at it right now, but you get my drift. I mean, what are the odds of a pitcher going a complete game shutout, striking out 10, 104 pitches, by the way. The last pitch was 100 miles an hour. And he also hits the game-winning home run, winning one to nothing. And it comes off of a game where you won one to nothing. So the people that are, you know, claim they're going to be glass half full fans, which I'm going to call you a geographical 27 outer. That's neither here nor there. It's the way these games are being lost and played and the approach. I don't know what to tell you to do. I'm telling you, it's an incomplete coaching staff. I don't think Turner Ward's the problem. And that's the problem with a lot of the Simpleton fans out there. They're like, oh, Turner Ward only knows how to uh, help players hit home runs. Look at Cody Bellinger and Cody uh, uh, Corey Seager. Those guys have all-around skill sets, came up to the major leagues with Turner Ward as their hitting coach. And look at those guys. They're thriving. And uh, they were thriving before that, by the way. It's not like Bellinger just didn't have really good uh, – let's just put it this way. Seager and Bellinger's careers have started off great. And Turner Ward was there. So you uh, – I'm going to call you simpletons again, you simpleton uh, 27-outers. It's not Turner Ward's fault. I would say it's an incomplete coaching staff 
We've talked about the third base coach, J.R. House, who I don't think is a bad uh, coach. He just doesn't need to be the third base coach. And we've talked about Freddie Benavides being the entirely wrong guy for the uh, bench coach. And your guys are probably saying, well, Jared, how uh, how do you even uh, quantify these coaches being the answer? Well, basically, the way I'm going to do it is, is a team does take on the uh, personality of who's in charge. And David Bell, you, you watch him in his post-game interviews, he's really soft-spoken, he's pro-player, he's a player's manager, you can tell that about him. But you can tell he's a rookie manager and doing and filling these questions for the first time. And I'm not going to uh, – that that's not the problem. The problem, he has no help. I've talked about it before. Brian Price has no help. But I wouldn't have hired Brian Price to be the manager anyway. Remember when Dusty Baker was fired? Would you like to know how many people were interviewed for that position? Bueller, Bueller, anyone – Anyone, one person, they interviewed Brian Price. Walt Jockety interviewed one manager. One manager, one person. Not He didn't even interview a manager. What am I talking about? He interviewed one person for that manager job, and it was Brian Price. If you don't believe me, Google's your friend. So back to this, and I've already talked about how the, they never had good coaches. He was stuck with Don Long. He was stuck with Mark Riggins. Uh, there's a reason why people don't want to come coach in Cincinnati, and I don't understand. David Bell's, uh, what do you call that, uh, rapport with uh, Turner Ward and uh, Derek Johnson is the only way I can put it together that he was able to get those guys to come because no one else will come. And it doesn't, all you got to do is think about it and map it out and look at it, and you can tell cronyism and nepotism are ruining our favorite team. Well, let's get back to the game. There's not much to talk about. That's why I'm kind of going off on the deep end on uh, uh, how the... Uh, you ever heard of like when you're going into the battle to kill the enemy if you take off the head of the snake? You ever heard of that? That's kind of the problem here, except we don't want to kill anybody. We just want a new person in charge, if that makes sense. We need a new head of the snake. So let's get into this game. Tyler Malley, hey, and you know what? My 99.7 percentage... Of always being right, you know it's world famous, you know it's universally renowned and known. The reason I don't have the 100% of always being right is because it's 99.7%. And why is it 99.7% and not 100? Well, ladies and gentlemen, last night I said if Tyler Malley walked less than two batters, the Reds would win. I said if he walked more than two, they would lose. Well, he did outstanding. David Bell pulled him way too early. In fact, five innings, four hits, one earned run, no walks, and seven Ks. Got his ERA down to a more respectable 4.09. David Bell pulled Disco last night at 85 pitches and pulled uh, Tyler Molly tonight at 84. Now, I disagreed with that, but I want to say one thing. If David Bell is going to pull these guys off of these good starts and then the next time out let them go to the seventh, I'm okay with him building up their confidence. 
But in the post-game show, that wasn't even it. Uh, Jim Day asked him, well, was was there something in Molly that you saw? Disco, da-da-da. And David Bell was like, no. And you know how I tell you that uh, that uh, the, our pitching matchups guy, Matt, who's uh, one of the other administrators in Reds Nation number 4192, said David Bell only plays for the inning? David Bell pretty much admitted to it to Jim Day in the postgame show. Go look it up. It's right on there on Fox Sports Ohio on Facebook and Twitter. You can go look it up. He said that it wasn't anything to do with Tyler Molle. He was pitching great. They just were playing for the game. <laughs> no, David Bell, you're playing for the inning. But anyway, let's move that to the side, okay? Let's move it to the side for a second. I would say... That if David Bell, well, I know it's not, that's not what he's doing. But I'll tell you, there's a silver lining to this. If David Bell can milk these guys along at six innings, 84 pitches, six, you know what I'm saying? And then get them to go seven innings and 90 pitches and help them along the way. I don't have a problem with that. Now, you guys are probably saying I'm, I'm playing both sides of the fence, but I'm not. The problem with Brian Price is that guy had zero anticipation and he never pulled anybody. He would wait till they were uh, waist high in runs and base runners before he did anything, before he even made a phone call or had the bench coach or the pitching coach call down to the bullpen to get anybody warming up. It was crazy. Anyways, back to this game. Malay's pitching great. The only mistake he made was in the third inning, He and he even admitted it. He threw a pitch out and away, basically. It was over the plate and away, and Syndergaard just hit a home run. I think that I think it's either a second or third home run of the year for Syndergaard. He's not a bad-hitting pitcher, and Molly admitted that this was uh, just a get-me-over-strike, get-the-pitcher-out-of-the-way, and the next time he pitched him, they went after him and got him out. So it was one mistake, and I will tell you this. Both teams pitched great. I think David Bell was on some other planet when he brought in Zach Duke to be a middle reliever in this game. It all worked out because of the hitters he was facing and the fact that Duke uh, Duke got a double play ball, but you don't get that double play ball and you're in a world of hurt because I think he walked a batter. I'm not even looking at this box score. I'm just going off of what I can remember. Yeah, he ended up walking a batter and striking out a batter and had a double play ball. So... Zach Duke, congratulations. Your ERA is down to 9.64. And then they had Stevenson come in. He uh, pitched an inning. Uh, all donuts except a strikeout. His ERA is 2.30. Was sub two before uh, they let him. They pitched him on a back to back game. And what, he should be able to go back to back, but that's neither here nor there. And then David Hernandez came out and got an inning, got a strikeout. The rest were donuts. ERA down to 3.77. And the only reason his ERA is even close to four and was over four or whatever was because they used him in that Cardinals game and he erupted for three runs. Uh, remember the uh, Dodgers game where he came in with the bases loaded, struck out the base, not the side, but basically struck out three batters to close out the inning. That was great. The Reds. No offense, totally anemic. Uh, Syndergaard only allowed four hits, faced only 30 batters. He walked one and struck out 10, including the last batter of the game. 
the only player to even uh, put a dent in Syndergaard was uh, Dietrich. And uh, I'm pretty, I don't quote me on, well, no, Dietrich got two hits. I was going to say I think they double switched him out. Um, but, yeah, he ended up getting two hits. D- uh, Joey Votto was not starting this game because his numbers against Syndergaard aren't very good. I don't blame him for sitting uh, Votto today. It re- was regardless of uh, pitcher. It was a day game after a night game. These are the games you must sit Joey Votto. Anyway, uh, so let's go look at Syndergaard's line. Like I said, nine innings pitched, four hits, no runs, no earned runs, a walk, 10 Ks on 104 pitches. I mean, that is dominating that stuff. But like I said, it doesn't matter if you're Noah Syndergaard or Jacob deGrom. These scrubs like Vargas are doing the same thing. The Reds hitters just really don't have a good approach. And I don't think it's Turner Ward's fault. I just really think it's the roster. They've 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 got they don't have a leadoff hitter. They're using a number three hitter that with no speed. No offense, Joey Votto. You're my favorite player. Everybody knows it. They've using Joey Votto at leadoff. So they don't have a leadoff hitter. They don't have a table setter. They've been using Scott Shebler, who's batting below a buck thirty five now for most of the year in center field. He's not a center fielder. And then I have to deal with. Was it Thom Brenneman or Think Pitch saying how great of an athlete Scott Shebler is? They're talking about the the best basketball players on the team. I mean, you just want to take a gun and go pop, you know. So, anyways, uh, the team just has a lot of problems. There's no, uh, you know, to, you know Suarez, you know, is not a grizzled veteran. He's still coming into his own, even though he's had two pretty good back-to-back seasons. Joey Votto's never really been a vocal leader. He just does things how he does things, and he is his own little world, and he expects people to uh, see his example and be professional as a baseball player. This team really doesn't have a lot of leadership. It doesn't have a cohesive, uh, like, a glue that holds the team together. It's And that's the problem about, like, this front office they have no roster or franchise or depth chart. They just don't know how to build a team. And if they would have just hit on half their trades, this team would be a hundred times better. And maybe not a hundred times better because that would be really good. They'd be winning the World Series. But you know, this team would be exponentially better if they had hit on even half their trades. So it all boils down to Wall Jockey and Dick Williams. I'm not going to sugarcoat it anymore, ladies and gentlemen. I love the Reds. I wish I could work for the Reds. You all know that. I would love to be in there helping the scout players, draft players, whatever. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to sink my own battleship. But that's the difference between me and Dougie Baseball and, you know, the Monday morning quarterback Lance McAllister and all them other guys. They want to kiss up and carry water, and and then they hope they get invited to Reds Fest and get to take pictures. So I'd rather have a winner. So I'll keep telling it how it is and saying, hey, until you get rid of cronyism and nepotism, you got some problems, as they. So let's get back to this game. The Reds had not very many chances to score any runs. Syndergaard was awesome. The Reds uh, didn't put the ball in play very much. It just, and, and they looked, 
And the and the and the worst thing about it is, like I said earlier, it doesn't matter if it's Syndergaard and Negrom or the Vargases of the world or Eric Lauer or whoever. Man, these teams are just it. You know what I'm saying. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if it's a Cy Young candidate, a rookie pitcher, a veteran that sucks, or you know, just a middle of the road guy. This offense is just horrible. And they're all and and then I got to deal with I really hate this dog and pony show about everybody's excited about Nick Senzel. People Nick Senzel should have been up last May. The Reds screwed him over, didn't pull him uh bring him up. They would not move Billy Hamilton to the to the bench. They wouldn't move uh Peraza to center field even though Peraza's played center field for Billy Hamilton when he was hurt. They left Nick Senzel playing out of position at second base, which he's playing out of position at center field, and he'll probably get hurt. The Reds should have brought him up last May. So all these things about everybody's excited about Senzel, you know, a little bit, a little, a little, little too late, okay? So I don't care who you are. The Reds, you know, he won a job this year out of spring training, and they sent him down and he got hurt. So I'm just telling you, if you don't believe in gar- karma and the baseball gods, I uh, I can't help you because this team is the poster boy for the baseball gods and the karma about doing the wrong thing, doing the right thing, and just bad trades in general and hiring uh, relatives and friends and uh, hitting coaches that suck. You know, it's just, and I'm not talking about Turner Ward, I'm talking about Don Long. Cam Bonifay, I've talked about this many times. He was the general manager for the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, and that's how they got Don Long to be their hitting coach. And Don Long wasn't any good. And then people tried to give uh, him credit for, like, Suarez breaking out, give me a break. Oh, Lordy. Anyways, let's get back to this game. Well, there's not really much to talk about in the game. Let's go to the good things list. I don't even know if we can fill out a good things list. Number one on the good things list. I guess I'll have to give it to Derek Dietrich for going for having half the offense against Syndergaard. Two for four today. Congratulations, Derek Dietrich. Two for four. Hey, no strikeouts. Hey, that's good too. Anyways, uh, yeah, Derek Dietrich, who uh, is a K prone, didn't have a K today. He's he was one of the. In fact, he put he put a. He put the bat on the ball all four times a day, and that's just what it is. Batting average on balls in play. If you put the ball in play, my friends, you're probably going to have good things happen because even Derek Dietrich, who's a 100-plus strikeout guy, you know he put the ball in play all four times and got two hits. So there you go, Yasiel Puig. You need to start connecting with the baseball. And then another thing, everybody gets on Yasiel Puig. Someone even said he's a part-time player. Just just go away. Go 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 be a fan of the Angels and cheer on Zach Cozart, who had one good season. He was probably your favorite player. When it should piss you off that he had one good offensive season in his free agent year, and it should tell you everything you need to know about one Zach Cozart. Anyways, back to this thing called Noah Syndergaard world. Uh the game, the Reds lost one to nothing. Bullpen didn't allow any runs. Male was it was a great start for Male. I don't care if he got he got the loss, he got another loss. But uh 
everything's going to be all right, I know, because nothing else is going to change. <laughs> so I can't even tell you anything else other than that. Uh, by the way, that was a song, and I am not a singer. So, what? Where do we go from here? I I didn't and I wasn't gonna I wasn't even making a mistake by like what are we gonna go from here? I, I was saying what uh, and then I went where do we go from here? Well, they're going back to Cincinnati and I think the Giants are in town and they even brought up a former number one draft pick. Actually, two times number one draft pick was drafted by the Blue Jays in the first round. Did not sign and then sign with the Giants who drafted him in the first round. Tyler Beattie. And I don't even know if I pronounced that right. But the guy, here's the thing. The Reds hitters may need to be patient because this guy, well, I would like the I would have liked the Reds to acquire him if they if Derek Johnson could figure him out. But he's probably gonna walk like four batters tomorrow. So the Reds have got a pretty good chance to win tomorrow if it is indeed. Nick Senzel's debut. Now, I want everybody to be on high red alert. If they call up Nick Senzel tomorrow and he's sitting on the bench and not in the starting lineup, you all need to call and write letters and call the Cincinnati Reds, email, write letters, tweet at them, and tell them that they literally know not what they are doing. The idea that another rookie Reds player would be called up, especially one of Nick Senzel's caliber, and sit on the bench so he can soak it in. Give me a break. And if you don't believe me, look at Jay Bruce, look at Joey Votto, look at uh, Todd Frazier, look at uh, Devin Mezzarocco having to be Ryan Hannigan's backup for two years. Ryan Hannigan is the quintessential backup catcher, and the Reds had him as their starter when they had the Gatorade High School Offensive Player of the Year who uh, was drafted in the first round and played was a starting catcher through a rookie ball all the way to AAA, had two good offensive seasons, double and AAA, and then they can't figure out, gee, why is this number one draft pick hitting only a buck uh, 0.71 and under 200? I don't know. Reps, maybe? I don't even want to get on the subject. So anyway, if Nick Senzel's not, if he gets, if he gets called up tomorrow and he's not starting, you know, Lucy, you got some explaining to do because uh, Dick Williams, Walt Jockety, you guys got some major problems if Nick Senzel's not in your starting lineup tomorrow. That's all I can tell you. Um, how can the Reds improve? Well, if they just put Nick Senzel at leadoff and they get Joey v- Now, this is the problem. If they want to keep Javat and Votto second, which makes no sense, I understand why they're doing it because they think the analytics tells them that it should be done, but that's not true. So they just don't know how to interpret or scrutinize the analytics, or they would have Joey Votto hitting third. So Nick Senzel, if he's leading off, that's going to uh, have ramifications up and down the lineup. The offense might even get better. He's going to provide a spark. And anytime you have energy and a young player like that come up, it should really reverberate through the entire uh, lineup and really help them out. So I really think that the Reds will probably win tomorrow. It's uh, Sonny Gray. I don't even think he's got a win as a Red. I think he's 0 for 4. So this should be Sonny Gray's first win as a Red. It'll be cool. Hopefully Sinzel's in the starting lineup. Hopefully Sinzel's uh, 
batting leadoff. But I'll tell you what, I've documented it many times. When Sinzel gets hurt playing center field, don't come to Red's line or Red's Nation number 4192 and crying about it because somebody told you not to play him out of position. Somebody told you that his legs aren't acclimated into a full season of Major League Baseball playing in the outfield, especially center field. Hell, you might be able to hide him in left. And I'm not saying you got to hide him. I'm just saying he might be able to roll in left. But center field is a whole different thing. That's why they call safeties the center fielder in football. It's a whole different deal. But you know what? Dick Williams probably plays Major League Baseball to show a lot. He probably got uh, out-of-the-park development. So, you know, he probably knows better than me. He's probably like Dougie Baseball with his uh, subscription to Baseball America and uh, has a copy and paste and a right-click. So you, you just don't ever know what's going to happen. We might go to Home Depot, Bed Bath & Beyond. I don't know if we're going to have enough time. So from the Little Apple all the way back to Red's country, and they just left the Big Apple, and they are headed back to Cincinnati. We'll see you tomorrow night, Reds Nation.